Welcome back in, everybody, to Tide Talk Live, now on the Believe Network. Stacy Blackwood, joined as always by my good buddy, Jake Thomas. Jake, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, it's been a few days since the college football playoff rankings have been released. It's been a few days since Alabama won the SEC championship. We're going to talk about that on today's show, along with some transfer portal news as well. But first of all, Jake, how you doing? Doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. Uh, you know, it's been a been a good week. Um, I'm still celebrating that win from Saturday, you know, and, and still love seeing the Florida State and Georgia tears. So, uh, you know, it's it's been great and just. Having Alabama turn, you know, college football upside down again, it's just been great. So, great to be an Alabama fan for sure. Yeah, it kind of feels like all is right in the world because the entire nation hates Alabama once again. So, yep. all is right in, in, in the world of college football, and we are definitely here for that here at Tide Talk Live. And, and like I mentioned in the opening, uh, we are now on the Believe Network uh, for the podcast form. So, uh, proud to be a part of that network again. And uh, they got some great things going over there, and uh, we're excited to be uh, teaming up with those guys as well. Uh, if you're not already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Apple Podcast, uh, just wherever you find great podcasts, you can find our podcast there. And uh, we would appreciate a subscription, uh, you know, a five star review, just whatever you can do to help our show out. We would greatly appreciate that. And and Jake, I mentioned that we're going to talk about, um, you know. Going to wrap up, I guess, the SEC championship. Uh, we'll talk some college football playoff, and uh, we'll, we'll finish the show up with some transfer portal news. And, and I do want to touch on the SEC championship game because I think what kind of gets lost in this madness of a, of a weekend, you know, the day after championship Saturday, Jake, the college football playoff rankings are released, and you don't really have time to reflect or enjoy uh the win and, and jake right. I, I, that, that win against georgia was a big time win for alabama i mean they <laughs> took down georgia who's won back-to-back -back national titles they were on a 29 game winning streak and i, I just think that we've kind of swept that under the rug because uh alabama got that birth birth in the playoffs so i, I do want to spend a few minutes just kind of reflecting on that game jake you know what stood out to you most about that kind of what you're taking away uh from, from that big win from alabama most you know <laughs> You, it's always easy to say that trench warfare is, is how you win and lose games, honestly. But Alabama dominated the trenches in that game and and on both sides of the ball. I mean, uh, the offensive line, we've talked about it at nauseum, Stacey, on, on the improvement of the offensive line as, as the season progressed. Um, Caden Proctor, uh, Tyler Booker, Seth McLaughlin, um, uh, Jaden Roberts, and JC Latham, they showed up in a big way for us Saturday. And uh, they uh, they dominated that game uh, from right from the start. Now, defensively, defensive line, you know, outside of the, the scripted first series for Georgia, Alabama finally hunkered in and, and played lights out. And and I remember on that third down play, uh, they, they called – Georgia had to call a timeout because they couldn't get guys set. And then they come back out. And, and I, I saw a different view of, of what it was on the field. Um, but on that third down play where they did a sweep out to to the left, Caleb Downs, man, just absolutely blew that play up. I mean, we've got something special right there. And he's only a I mean, he's a true soft or a true freshman. I mean, he's gonna be a sophomore next year. He's he's gonna be there at least two more years. And this kid's already, I mean, cementing his legacy as an Alabama safety. I mean, he's he's outstanding, man. 
Yeah, um, I think you do have to start with up front because I, I thought Evelyn would be able to get their own and handle their own against Georgia. But like you mentioned, Jake, especially the Alabama offensive line, they just whipped Georgia's defensive front. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't every play, but for the large majority of that game, Jake, th- those big guys up front just completely dominated the Georgia defensive front. And that was the difference in the game because Alabama was able to run the football when they run, wanted to run the football. Right. And Georgia could not do that when they had the ball. And that was the story of the game because what that allowed Alabama to do is to, you know, to set up play action, which they love to do. But it also allowed uh, for for late in the game for Milrow to be more of a threat in the running game uh, because they were having to worry about Rodell Williams, Kendrick Law in motion, Isaiah Bond in motion. And it just just the way those guys, you know, kind of moved the line of scrimmage was was critical in this game. And uh, just, you know, obviously Jalen Milrow won the MVP and rightfully so, rightfully so because of his really his heroic performance there late in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, you know, for 60 minutes, Jake, this offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage and, and really won the game for Alabama. Yeah, absolutely, Stacy. And if you could give the MVP award to a whole unit, it would be definitely the offensive line for sure. Um, they – uh, from from the get go, it, it wasn't perfect every play, but for the majority of the game, it it was exactly what we needed, and uh, and they showed up uh, big time. And I, you know, I just feel like this is how it's going to be for the rest of the season and and, and to the playoffs. This offensive line is going to dominate in the trenches. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's that's the key for Alabama. Look, Jalen Milrow is obviously important because when you get in, in the Final Four, your quarterback better play well. But I just think if this offensive line does their job, this Alabama team can win the national championship. So uh, I know that's a lot on the on those five guys, but I have faith in those guys. And, and the way they played against Georgia and that stout defensive front just gave me that much more confidence in what they're going to be able to do in the playoff. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I have, I'm on record saying that this is probably one of my favorite teams under Saban just for the growth that we've seen throughout the season with this team. And, you know, it was shaky at first, but they've come on and, and they've started jailed as a team. They've grown as a team and they've grown on me because, you know, at, you know, at the South Florida game, man, I was like, man, what are we doing? But now I'm like, we're we have a chance to win a national championship with. I mean, I feel like a young team, honestly. Yeah, and, I mean, it is. I mean, and so that just think I mean, it's a young team. And if Milrow comes back next year with another year of experience and with all the playmakers coming back, I mean, this team is just going to be that much better next year. But we got to finish the job this year. Yeah, there's still work to be done this year. And, Jake, I think that kind of with how it does seem like a long season going all the way back to South Florida till now. But think of how quick all this has happened for Jalen Milrow. He he literally went from zero to hero for this Alabama right. football team you know, from, from week three up until the SEC championship game, Jake. And 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 now I think this this break is almost good for Milrow in the essence that he can kind of, you know, refocus, reestablish himself. And, Jake, this guy still has so much to improve on. Right. And I'm not even knocking the guy. I'm just saying that this guy has so much untapped potential mm-hmm. that this time off is going to be nothing but benefit him so he can go back, watch some film, learn from his mistakes, and just get better. And you you often see, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of these guys make big jumps in the bowl prep. Right. 
And I think Milrow's a guy who could make a tremendous improvement from, from what we've seen on this last Saturday against Georgia to what we might see on January 1st against Michigan. Yeah, absolutely, man. J- Jalen Milrow's growth ha- has been, you know, huge for this team this year. And uh, and I will also say Tommy Grease and his growth, you know, he he had some learning curves uh, early on. And then when when we finally set on Milrow being the guy, he was able to rework that playbook, you know, not not push everything on a Jalen starting out, just spoon feed him just a little bit to get him acclimated to the to the offense and, and what the style of play we want to run with with Milrow. And then we started seeing the QB powers, the you know, the QB suite, stuff like that, which opened up a new level to this Alabama offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and like you said, you just can't just see the evolution really of this Alabama offense. And it all starts with what we've talked about mostly in this episode, the offensive line right. and Jalen Milrow. And if those two, if that offensive line continue to get better and Jalen Milrow continues to get better, those playmakers around them are just going to, you know, their 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 play is just going to be elevated because of that. So really looking forward to seeing what Tommy Reese and this offense can do, you know, with this, you know, three and a half week period to kind of prep and get ready for Michigan uh, in that semifinal matchup at the Rose Bowl, which Jake, that kind of brings us to our next topic. Just you know, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this because there's so much time between now and kickoff between Alabama and Michigan. But just your early thoughts on this matchup, Jake. Uh, what do you know about this Michigan team? What are you kind of expecting, you know, on the surface uh, for the Rose Bowl matchup? Man, you know, Michigan, they've had a, they've had a great year. And, and Blake Corn is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Uh, he, he's so small and, and – and uh, he can get behind those big offensive linemen, and he kind of gets lost back there, and then they open up a huge hole, and he's gone. So, you know, we're going to have to have to keen on him and, and keep an eye on him to uh, to not let him break free for, for a big game. Um, I think our big boys and, you know, on the defensive line we talked about can, can handle the offensive line of Michigan. I don't think they're going to – they have played an off a defensive line like we have uh, any, at any point this year. Uh, if you remember in that uh, Penn State game, their their two edge rushers got a, got after McCarthy a lot, and and Dallas Turner and Braswell should feast in this game. So hopefully everything goes as planned and, and goes that way. Uh, I just feel like it's a bad matchup for Michigan, and I'm not saying that to be a homer, but I just feel like it's a bad matchup because you could tell they wanted Florida State. And um, you know they the grown so Alabama I think is is the more talented team here on, on paper for sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I guess I haven't really dove into the matchup too much. I will say this: you mentioned running back Blake Corm. I mean, he has mm-hmm. over a thousand yards rushing and twenty four rushing touchdowns on the season, which is an incredible number. It is, uh, and like you said, <clears throat> he's not the biggest guy, but he gets the job done. And you mentioned Penn State was able to get pressure uh, on J.J. McCarthy in that matchup. Um, Michigan's also lost an offensive tackle since that. They lost one against Ohio State. So I'm with you, Jake. I think Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell could really make an impact on this game. Mm -hmm. And one other crazy Michigan stat. Since October 21st, J.J. McCarthy has just one passing touchdown. Oh wow! Is that not insane? That is wild. I do not know that. 
he he attempted eight passes against Penn State. Wow. So I, I think what what the key to this game, Jake, is is going to be Alabama's front seven. Uh, they just got to stop the run, right? And and Jake, I think on the surface that seems like an easy order, but we said the same thing about stopping Auburn's run, and Alabama just allow allowed mm-hmm. them to run all over them. Now I will say this: Auburn does their running scheme totally different than what Michigan does. Michigan is downhill. Right. Auburn, you know, they Auburn likes to stretch you out, get to the edges, get to the perimeter. That's not what Michigan does. Michigan is, you know, run it straight at you and try to bully you. Yep. I'm not sure they want to get in a in a 12 round heavyweight bout with Alabama. <laughs> no. So that that on the surface, like like you said, Alabama just seems to be a, a very bad matchup for Michigan, and we'll we'll talk more about that matchup, you know, leading up to the contest, but. Uh, I, I think there's one psychological thing going into this game, Jake, for Alabama that I don't want to say it worries me, but it's something that I'm considering. What has been the bar for college football the last two seasons? It's been Georgia. It's been Georgia, yeah. Alabama has not wanted anything more since they lost in the 2021 National Championship game than to beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. They get that done last Saturday in the SEC Championship game. So, my only – it's not even a concern. The concern is an overstatement. My only slight worry is that they won't take Michigan serious because Georgia has been the standard. Right. So, I don't think they're going to do that because I think this team has the right mindset. I think they have great leadership. I think they're about the right stuff. I think they're a great team. I think they play with great discipline. I think they play with great camaraderie. I think they – complement each other whether it's offense or defense so i think they have all the right stuff and they have the right mental makeup but i i do think that's important to note that you know alabama's wanted to beat georgia for two years that's been that's been their goal now that they have crossed that goal and completed you know kind of check that off the list can they you know refocus on what's next and i think they can i just think that's worth mentioning yeah, I agree, Stacey. I, I, I see the concern there for sure. Um, you know, you, the players play their hearts out in that, that Georgia game. Good thing that the, the next game ain't next weekend because I would be concerned. But, you know, get, give them some time off. Get, you know, the coaches get time with the players and say, hey, let's refocus. We got we got one hurdle past, past us, and that's Georgia. Now let's get our next one. That's a national championship. And I feel like that's, that's Saban's end goal at – regardless of anything, is to win a national championship. That's the standard that he has set down there since he's been been there at Alabama. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, we're fixing to wrap up the show, but want, want to touch on one more quick topic, Jake. Uh, the transfer portal is just completely bonkers right now. And, you know, fortunately for Alabama, with a playoff run uh, on the horizon, uh, the portal hasn't been that busy for Alabama as far as, you know, you know, Alabama players entering the portal. But there has been a few. Uh, just want to briefly touch on those. Of course, uh, Tyler Buckner, uh, the quarterback uh, who just transferred from Notre Dame to Alabama this season, is in the portal, Jake. But oddly enough, he's not going to be playing football. He is looking to play lacrosse, mm-hmm. uh, where he was apparently uh, one of the best high school prospects coming out of high school a few years back. So, um, that is that is certainly interesting. And 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 look, I, I know Alabama fans have a certain opinion on Tyler Buckner, but 
I would I would I would suggest cut the kids some slack. He was put in an impossible situation, to right. be honest with you. So, uh, you know, wish nothing but the best for for Tyler Buckner. Uh, Ty Jones Bell is in the portal as well, a former four star receiver from the class of 2020. Um, you know, he, he sat out this season uh, due to medical uh, reasons reasons and, and took a red shirt. Um, so, be interesting to see where he kind of ends up uh, for his final season of college eligibility next year. Uh, then, you know, two guys that, that you know, one's not surprising and one is, you know, not too terribly surprising. But, you know, Isaiah Hastings, the four-star defensive lineman from the class of 2022, uh, he entered the portal today as well. I'm sure he'll have plenty of suitors, you know, at 6'4", 290, uh, a good interior defensive lineman there. Uh, so I, I expect he'll have plenty of suitors. But I, I guess the guy who's who's going to hurt the most to say goodbye to is Ja'Cory Brooks, Jake, uh, a guy who's – you know, made an impact on the Alabama team uh, since his true freshman season in 2021. Of course, he's going to always be remembered as the guy who made that catch uh, in in the end zone against Auburn to to help tie the game and send that game into overtime, where Alabama would eventually win. So, uh, kind of bittersweet for Jacory Brooks saying goodbye to him because uh, he had a good career at Alabama. Uh, this year was kind of injury riddled for him, but uh, good player, good kid, and you know, wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, absolutely, Stacey. I, I really, really going to miss Corey Brooks, just the way he's handled himself uh, in the years past, including this year. You know, he didn't see the, the field a lot this year, like you said, with injuries. But he's he, he's a guy that we'll never forget in Alabama lore because of what he did in that in that Iron Bowl uh, a few years ago. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope wherever he lands – he balls out and uh, makes him some money in the NFL here in uh, next in a few years. Yeah, he's a Florida kid. It would surprise me to see him go to somewhere like Central Florida, right. you know, maybe South Florida, maybe Florida. I mean, they need all the help they can get down there. Billy Napier does. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one, one crazy, crazy side note regarding – it kind of ties in with, with Tyu Jones-Bell and Ja'Cory Brooks. There is not one receiver remaining – from the class of 2020 or 2021, none of the receivers Alabama signed in those two classes are now on the Alabama team. That's wild. <laughs> and, and I think what that goes to show is, because the truth is, none of them really panned out to what they were, you know, expect, you know, projected to be. Mm-hmm. Jacor Brooks was the closest, in my opinion. Right. Um, and I think you can kind of blame that really on COVID, Jake, and, and and the fact that coaches couldn't go see these kids in person. There was so many restrictions on on how you recruited back then, and I, I think it really hurt uh, this this staff's ability to properly, um, you know, get an evaluation on these kids. So I just thought that was an interesting note that that all those guys that they signed those those two recruiting classes, none of those receivers are on the team anymore. <laughs> That that's a wild stat. Uh, I saw that earlier tonight, and I was like, "Wow, that 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 is crazy." Uh, Jones Bell is one to me that is very interesting. He stayed this long because, I mean, we ain't seen him on the field, but I mean, just a handful of times in his career, and he's mm-hmm. held on. I, I guess you know, I'm not sure if he if he's graduated or not yet, but maybe he's you know he wanted to get that graduation certificate from the from the Alabama and then move on. And it seems like from from way you're nodding your head, that's what he did. Yeah, yeah, that that that's what I'm pretty sure that's the way things played out for him. And mm-hmm. you know, there'll be some guys graduating. I think next week or week after next, uh, several guys graduating. And even Jalen Milrow's graduating. Yeah, uh, uh, here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, there's there's 
there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. There's going to be more guys into the portal as well, you know, even in the coming days, most likely. But I, I think the large portion of the album players that do, in fact, enter the portal will, will be after the season is completed. So, uh, but there's plenty of time to talk about that. There's plenty of time to talk about this upcoming matchup with Michigan. And we're going to be doing that here on our channel here at Tide Talk Live. So make sure you do subscribe to the channel uh, on YouTube. Uh, Apple Podcasts, and please leave us those written reviews on Apple Podcasts. That really helps grow our channel as well. Smash that like button here on YouTube and jump in the comment section and let us know your thoughts and opinions on today's show. But that is going to wrap it up. Been a lot of fun talking with you guys. Cannot wait to be back uh, here in a couple days. So make sure you tune in, and we'll see you soon. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.